Attention. The MILF and Me podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts Antonio and Diana are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the MILF and Me podcast. I'm Antonio, the me of this dynamic, my co-host, the lovely Diana, the MILF of the dynamic. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Hey, you know what? We were talking about games earlier, and I think we should start this episode off with a game. Okay, I think it. we should start off with a game of Never Have I Ever. Oh boy, I can't wait. <laughs> Which is a fun game. <laughs> this is a great game to play with a bunch of people in most situations that you don't like, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's a way to kind of dig up dirt on them. It's a way to kind of like finally prove some theories of this person. Like, I fucking knew that you did that. <laughs> it's not like truth or dare where it's like, you don't want to play that with a lot of people. You want to play that with people you want to get naked with or something, right? That's more of a fun game. Yes. This is more of a sinister game, but we're not going to play it in a sinister way. This is kind of more of like an expose, kind of tying back into our last episode about Small Lake City. Here we go. Never have I ever slept with someone in a current relationship's inner circle without them knowing about it when we started dating. Oh, ouch. <laughs> Yeah. Hands up, everybody. <laughs> Hands up, everybody. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. I mean, when you've been single for so long with this small little town we live in, it's almost inevitable. You meet a person, you go out with all their friends for dinner a couple weeks later, and you're like, uh-oh, um, I know your friend over there. <laughs> and then his eyebrows raise, and he's like, wait, how do you know Bob? How do you know Bob? And then he gets defensive, right? Like, wait, how the fuck you know Bob? But wait. Then what? <laughs> then what? What else? <laughs> Tell me more. And then it becomes a thing. And then there's tension in the room and at the table. It, it's a thing. It's, I the, lived it. And the more friends you have, the higher likelihood you're going to like roll craps on that opportunity of having slept with somebody. It's just, it's natural statistics. It's simple math here in this state. And you know, I didn't really think about it this way when we were kind of talking about this subject is, you know, there are clicks. In this, in this state, in this city. Mm -hmm. There are popularity groups. Think of it as, let's say, the football team from whatever high school, Mid-Valley, never broke up their friendship. They all went to the same college, or they all ended up in the same neighborhood. Maybe they're salesmen in the same job. They've had this lifelong connection. It's their group of bros, right? Vivint, Vivint Solar. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, the, <laughs> The uh, arena that we have our football team or our basketball team here in Salt Lake City. Yep. Everybody knows each other. Everyone went to school together. They married someone's sister, whatever. That is very common here. So the larger your popular groups of friends are who are out there on the market, you've got to accept the fact that there is going to be some crossover, right? Yes, there is. Yeah. And it's it honestly, it's terrifying sometimes because I don't want to necessarily have that. Sometimes it's good to know 
people, but I just don't want it to be in my inner circle of a new relationship that I'm starting, you know, because I mean, I've been divorced for 10 years. I've been doing this a long time, like I said, but 10 years ago when I first got divorced, maybe I wasn't as mature. Maybe I was more bitchy or more jaded or kind of (laughs) an asshole to deal with. And I've learned a lot over the years. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. And so I definitely don't want to run into those people, but it's, it's a chance. It's a gamble. Like you said, it's just. Well, and you and I are like in the two worst industries for that in this town. You are in sales and marketing. Everyone has worked with each other, been friends with each other, gone on trips with each other. At some point you're making those connections. I'm in the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the restaurant industry knows each other and has probably slept with each other multiple times. So especially in a town this small, you are bound to have some crossover. Now, I'm going to go ahead and put that right out there on the table. Maybe that would have bothered me in my 20s when I was like a little bit more insecure of, let's say, my ethnicity. It was harder for me to date because I was brown, and girls didn't like the brown boys back then. They're all about them now. But also I wasn't religious, so I had to jump that caveat. And I think the biggest thing is, like I told you in that one episode, I- I'm I'm not in the bro circles. I'm not in the alpha circles, and that's fine. I'm friends with a lot of those guys, but I've never really fit in there. So when I was in my 30s and starting to date online and dating within the restaurant circle, people will tell me stories. It's like, oh, you're dating so-and-so. Well, they also slept with that guy and that guy and that guy. Oh. That's the worst. But for me, I'm just like, and? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's the worst because that's exactly, you described exactly how it happens. I mean, word spreads. People can't keep their mouth shut. Like, they have to feel like, maybe it's a thing where they want to feel included. And so they want to spread these rumors to you so that you're like, oh, my God, how'd you know that? You know, and it's like a a level of, I know shit. I'll tell you everything. I know everything about everybody. Oh, it's, it's their way into the click. It's their way into a click, I feel like. Yeah, um, I didn't think about that. It's just annoying. It's like, who fucking cares? Like you said, so what? But it's like, oh, ouch, that you had to hear that. Like, you don't want to hear that from someone else. Well, and it goes back to the whole idea of like this religious and conservative area that we're in, right? For me, I was always just feeling fortunate that I was having either a romantic or a sexual connection with anybody, somebody, because... There was, like you said in episode one, there is this attitude here where you have to get married early just to have sex because of the religious and conservative nature of this state. Now, a lot of people leave the fold, they leave the flock, they date around, but they can't shake that mentality that once you've been touched by someone they know, you're dirty. Yeah, or me, yeah. I mean, that's the extreme of that's it. That's the extreme of it. Right? But they but they do treat you a little differently. I mean, just the little example I gave you. It's an elephant in the room after you realize you dated Bob from across the table at this big birthday party or something, right? And then the guy you're with or the girl you're with is like, wait, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. And then they become obsessed with the fact that you know the person right. and they want to know details, every fucking detail. Did you kiss? What'd you do? Did you guys have sex? And it's like, so this was eight years ago and (laughs) Bob is married now. With kids and I didn't even know who you were back then. And it's like, it's just, there's no getting away from it. It's really, it's Salt Lake City, just Utah in general is a very, very special place. Well, and like you talked about in one of the profiles, 
Which one are you? When you have pictures on your profile, or let's say maybe on your phone or on your Facebook page or at home on your wall, and you see a large group of bros hanging out, or it works with ladies too, Mm -hmm. at the lake, at the sand dunes, whatever, and you start recognizing people that are in your body count, it's like, what does that conversation look like? Do you keep it to yourself? Are you straightforward about it? Because it's going to come out eventually. Your body count, or your buddy count, I should say, (laughs) is going to come out in the open. So, I don't know, in my opinion, I almost feel like it's better to get it out of the way early before you start developing feelings and emotions that are going to just be harder to leave behind if that becomes an issue down the road. Yes, I agree. I mean, it is something you need to bring up. It depends on how much you like the person too, right? Like if this is someone where you're like, you know, I mean, we went out a couple times, it was good, but it wasn't great. And if you do see these photos and you do recognize people in this photo that you may have gone out with or slept with or something years and years ago, that is most definitely a conversation that gets to be um, communicated like, hey, just a heads up, um, <laughs> five years ago, you know, right. uh, so-and-so and I went on a date. There was no feelings there. We decided not to date each other, but we did sleep together. If that changes things, let me know because I'm totally good either way. I just want to make sure that these lines of communication are always open. That's how that conversation would look if it were me. Right. I have a very dear friend who is just promiscuous by nature. And like I said, we don't slut shame or kink shame on this show. Uh, She's one of my best friends, and she kind of just came up with a system. When she meets a guy either online or at the bar, one of her opening lines is, listen, I've slept with all the boys. Are you okay with that? And at first, I think it's a joke. It's like, (laughs) yeah, you're cute. You're funny. I bet you've slept with a lot of boys. She's like, no, I'm serious. Yeah. I've slept with all the boys. More than likely with people you know or in your family. Are you okay with that? She just owns it. And it's a really interesting tactic because that's when you start playing the who, who, where, when game. Yep. And she's like, if you even have to ask, I'm not interested. Just know that we're going to go to a party. We're going to go to a barbecue. We're going to go to a function. And someone's going to come up and give me a big hug. And if they did, that means we did it. Are you going to be okay with that? Yep. Yeah. You know, that's, I like that. I do. It's ballsy. It's definitely a ballsy move to come out of the gates like that. Um, And it's probably very, very shocking to a lot of dudes. They probably don't know how to handle that straightforwardness. A lot of guys would be like, what the fuck is wrong with this person? (laughs) But then they probably sit there and let that process and think, oh God, this is refreshing. That's the way I would see it too. You know, Um, there is this thing that I think some guys do, and I'll ask you this question in a second, but We often, I feel, do the ostrich syndrome. We stick our head in the sand and pretend that everything that happened around us doesn't exist. Yep. Now, we do get the issue, though, that you brought up of people like to talk. So it's a double-edged sword. You can maybe have an existence in a relationship with someone for years and be like, I know you have a past, but I don't care what that is. My, My relationship right now with my fiancé that's how we are. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Yep. That's how it should be. I mean, if you're with each other and you're both secure and confident and you know, no matter what, you're with each other at the end of the day. I mean, that's who you're going home with all the time. It's it's the insecure people. They will always ask more questions and dig and dig and, and they'll let it fester. Those are the people that are, those are the ones you want to watch out for, right? 
It's like, listen, I already told you, this is how it went down. Why are we bringing it up? Let's move forward. You either want it with me or you don't. Right. There's no going back and reliving what happened. And honestly, I don't want to fucking talk about it. I wasn't attracted to him and I'm with you now. Who am I sitting with? Who am I holding hands with? Who am I fucking tonight? Right. You know? <laughs> and that's the thing. The, the insecurity part too makes me, this is the question I wanted to ask. This doesn't really happen as much with girls, right? Like you guys probably have crossed paths with other people. But in my experience, because like I've said in the past, I have a lot more girlfriends and guy friends. It's just the way it works with me. I don't know. I, I seem to connect better with with you because I don't like following some of these bro code rules that people my age or older have like kind of fallen into. But when I talk to women about this, they're like, yeah, everyone's fucked that guy. Like, yeah. and, and if anything, they can have a laugh about it. Guys are not as much. And I think it's all because they're thinking about, I've never seen Jake's dick, but I'm worried if it's bigger than mine. Yeah. I'm worried if he fucks better than I do. So I'd rather not know about it from him. So yeah. they don't talk about it. Instead, I'm going to ask you until the point of us breaking up yep. all these personal and intimate details about this guy that I've been friends with for years. Yes. I can see that for sure. Yeah. Women, um, it's different. Like you said, I mean, there's probably that guy that everybody knows. And to me, I just feel like if I know it's someone that's popular and I got sucked into that and I'm just one of the girls that he's been with or that just makes me, I just personally feel like, ugh, gross. <laughs> Why did I do that? <laughs> you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a learning experience. Yeah. There's nothing, I think, more educational for a person of who they are and who they can be than looking themselves in the mirror and saying, why the fuck did I do that? Yeah. Like, it's very, I mean, that's therapy in a bottle right there, man. <laughs> yeah. And just, I mean, I've learned over the years, obviously, that you're always going to question yourself no matter what, whether it's sleeping with someone or even going out with someone, but it's just got to get over it. Just say, you know what? This is what happened. I'm going to be smarter next time. And you just, you got to move through and past it. So this is off of just one of the open forum relationship uh, pages that I found asking about this. And again, this doesn't apply to everybody. And that's one of the things I always want to just keep repeating on this show. Yeah. We are not professional. We are not licensed. We are not gurus. But the one thing I can say that we are is consistent in our beliefs that these messages don't apply to everyone. If there's one thing I can't stand is these gurus that we hear saying, why do all women do this? Or why are all men be like, it's like, no, yeah. not all. Yeah. Or if your guy does this, it's because of this. It's like they know exactly why he's doing something. Right. It's just like politics. The loudest voices in the room seem to have the airwaves. And then people think, oh, do all people think this way? No, they don't. But you were led to think they do because of algorithms and all this nonsense. But I thought this was an interesting approach. I'm not going to say it correct. That is correct. I'm not going to say that it's wrong. It's just an interesting idea. So the question was, why are guys hesitant to date girls who have hooked up with or dated friends in their inner circle? So the response from the therapist was, we need to get over this idea that male friends' feelings don't matter. I think that is an excellent starting line to this. We all think like my my two or three best guy friends, I never ask about their feelings. <laughs> I never ask how their fucking day was. If anything, when I see them, I'm like, what's up, bitch? Like that's yeah. just how we approach each other. Yeah. 
we do talk about feelings like if there's a death in the family or if maybe there was a breakup or some kind of like severe loss. But it is in a way to most, maybe not most, maybe just some guys, the guys that I'm dealing with, we don't talk about feelings and we really don't care about each other's feelings. Two of my best friends have had sex with an either ex or an ex-wife of mine that I didn't know about at the time. And we are still good, right? Yeah. We're fine. Yeah. Because we didn't talk about feelings. We didn't get let feelings get in the way of our our friendship and our relationships because those instances happened not intentionally to harm somebody. They happened when that relationship was over or there was a pause or a break. I don't even know who initiated. And guess what? I don't care. It's the fucking past. Yep. I can still call that friend and be like, hey, can you help me move tomorrow? And they'd be here with a hand truck ready to go. We have to like learn what friendship really is. But the idea of pretending that our male friends' feelings don't matter, that's an interesting angle to this. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. I mean, the world we live in, everyone's like, oh, is she okay? Or have you checked on her? I mean, it's always about the women that are like broken little birds making sure we're okay. But it is very true. I mean, Dr. Laura talks about this a lot, right? Right. Like your man matters, like serve your man just as much as he's serving you. You have to. So they continue. First, I want to address the typical argument against this stigma. It usually goes like this. Women are people, not property. You can only have a claim over property. So you shouldn't treat women like property by claiming them or calling dibs as bros do. Therefore, you should approach anyone you want, regardless of their history with your friends. This is a valid reasoning. Now, this is in the sense that they already know that their friend has dated someone they're interested in. This doesn't kind of go into what we were talking about of, surprise, I slept with your friend. Yeah. This code really treats women as if they are property. Like, I licked it first, it's mine. I peed on this, it's mine without really considering what that friend's feelings are if they are in that situation. Yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, if that's what you're asking, I mean, that is a real thing. It really does. Women aren't doing that with dudes. I mean, if they are, they're probably a little bit psycho. Some women do get a little possessive, and when they find out their ex-boyfriend is dating someone, then they kind of, I don't understand why, but some women do it that way, not in the moment like when you're with them, but it's like after you've broken up, and you know you can't have them anymore than women, tr- that something triggers in a woman. She's like, oh, that's mine. Like, yeah. Like, I see cars in your driveway. And it's like, dude, we broke up two months ago. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? You know, women are weird that way. But dudes, um, just like you said, they are kind of like, uh, I had her first. And they get a little defensive, I feel like. So this is also another hot take from this therapist that male friendships on general are longer lasting and more stable than women's relationships with their friends over time. Most of the time, it's because women tell each other everything and men tell each other nothing. What do you think about that? (laughs) That's interesting. I mean, I could see how that would be true. Um, That's a tough one. I don't know. I only have one really close, close close girlfriend. Yeah. The rest of my friends are guys that I've known forever like you. Yeah, that would be tough. I think women just get jealous and catty and women are just a different species altogether. That is one reason why it's been really hard for me just to have a lot of girlfriends because there's jealousy, there's animosity, there's, well, you got in a relationship with this person and you didn't talk to me for two weeks and you're not a true friend. I mean, there's just, women are just weird about stuff like that. 
dudes don't care. They're like, yeah, dude, that's awesome. You've been in this relationship with this chick for two weeks. I haven't heard from you forever. You, yeah. how's the sex? You getting fucked every day? Right. You know? And they're like, like they're bros. You guys are bros. But women, yeah, I can see that. I can see that to be true for sure. I mean, there's a lot more psychiatric, you know, rambling, which I don't mean that to sound disrespectful. I just don't understand a lot of the words. Yeah. Again, I'm not a licensed therapist, but it ends with, you should talk to the people close to you before you date their exes. There is nothing progressive about being a bad friend. So yeah, I, I think that is one of the things that, it, I guess it really just depends on your personality and if you know your friend well enough, what their personality is. For How sure. do you approach that situation? You know, It's an interesting one that I really don't have an answer to, but it is a good conversation starter because it's one of those things where the answer is different for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is like girls and women and men are just different, right? Women get jealous. Honestly, like I'm just sitting here thinking, what would it look like if my best friend met my ex, one of my ex-boyfriends or even my ex-husband on a dating app? Right. Like, how would that make me feel or how would I handle that? And honestly, I would probably just say, hey, super happy for you. This is why it didn't work out with us. Maybe divulge some red flags that I thought were red flags to her, but not to the point where it's like, oh my God, I can't believe you went out with him. You know, there's mm. like, why do we have to do, we're 40, we're in our 40s. We're in our 40s. We don't need to act like we're in junior high and high school and have this. If you click, you click. That's fucking fantastic. I hope you guys are happy. Like I do have an example of this though. I have two really close best friends and they were dating each other kind of behind my back. They didn't tell me because they were worried about how I was going to react, you know, because he and I kind of showed interest in each other uh, prior to that. And then he met my best friend and then he like clung to her. But I wasn't. I wasn't jealous or anything about it. I think the thing that made me the most upset is that they hid it, it from is. me. Mm -hmm. I'm such an open person. And I'm for the most part, I feel like I'm safe to come to with any information and so that's where it hurt me the most is just the fact that they were hiding it from me. I wasn't able to like be happy for them and like be part of their relationship as it was starting and growing. Right. So I can close this off with one example of something that I feel is kind of unforgivable. And that is the friend that lays in wait for you to fuck up so he can swoop in. Yeah. And grab your ex. Yeah. Sometimes even prompting it. I think all of us have experienced something like that or know someone who has. I definitely have. And that is the one thing that if there is a bro code that I live by, that's one of them. It's like you, I'm a true blue friend through and through. I will help you move. I will help you bury the body. I'm one of those people. Yeah, for sure. Me too. I've never had that happen to me. Yeah, so that's happened to me. And again, I think that is a guy thing. And there, again, I, I hate kind of going off topic about clicks again, but even in a group of alphas or a group of betas, there's always going to be a different hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And one of those hierarchies is the person who feels like they could do better, they deserve better. Why is this guy the popular guy? Why is this guy always, always making the decisions of where we go? Why does he have the most money? That's the one that seems to always be the one laying in wait for someone in the group to fuck up so he can swoop in. But just like a, a pride of lions, that's the one that usually gets booted out. 
That is so interesting, isn't it? I've never had that experience personally, not that I know of anyway. And I hope you don't. (laughs) Okay, Dating Profiler, what is the profile topic this week? In fact, you know what? I feel like I should bring one to the table this week. (laughs) I mean, I have a little bit to bring. Um, I'll just start off by just buddies, bodies, body count, buddy count. In the profile photos, it's great to have some of your pictures show that you are a very friendly person. You have lots of friends, but it's just not a good idea to have all of your photos filled with groups of people. Kind of going along with the subject, my question for you was in this profiling segment, I always felt like I was not good at describing myself on a dating profile. I mean, I can write a fantastic resume. I can write a fantastic biography about myself for this podcast or for something I'm going for, like a job. But there is something about trying to explain yourself to the opposite sex to make yourself more appealing, especially if you are insecure about, let's say, your appearance or how you come off in photos. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, hopefully the subtext is good enough to make them have that extra little drive to swipe right on me. Yeah. But What is the right amount of info? Is it too little good enough? Is too much too much? Which is like my thing. I could go on forever writing stuff and filling with long words, which (laughs) I had a good female friend tell me, don't do that. Yep. But what is the sweet spot in your experience? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, So filler words are never going to work, right? Like first sentence, single dad or single (laughs) mom. And it's like, okay, listen, we get it. You're single. Like just tell us who you are, what you like. I mean, mine is funny. I'm like, Hey, I just love dating. I love online dating. And I just couldn't wait after I got divorced. I just couldn't wait to just be online dating 10 years later. You know, it's like (laughs) I use my sense of humor so that they know that I am witty and sarcastic and I can be funny. Mm -hmm. Um, you can't really show that in photos. Um, another thing while you're doing your profile description. Grammar is huge. Make sure you're spelling your shit right. And punctuation, you know, if women aren't looking at that, then they should be. It's just, it's important. Like, then you know your person's educated or it's important to them to pay attention to details. I mean, that's huge for me. Um, A ton of emojis. Don't use a shitload of emojis. Like, (laughs) it, it, why? Like, just... They're cute. You can use them every now and then. That's fun. But we're adults. Use your words. Like, talk to me. You know, Um, I don't want a novel. If it gets too long and mundane, then I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And then I just like swipe. So I'm not like we're not connecting because I'm getting bored. Right. So you got to keep your keep keep your person's attention. Grab their attention. You know, have some have something funny, have something witty, but also get to the bullet points of. I have three children or I've been divorced 10 years or I love my career or I lived in San Diego and now I live in Salt Lake or just something, but it doesn't have to be a novel about the last however many years of your life. What about like other people's words? I remember seeing people quoting songs or like attaching a poem to it. Maybe there is a group of people out there who's like, oh, I love that poem. I'm going to swipe right on that. But for me, I'm just like, you, you couldn't think of you know, anything on your own? Like really just tell me what, tell me what you're about. 
Yeah, don't do that. We're not doing <laughs> we're not doing songs and poems. I mean, that's that's just cheesy. Don't be cheesy. Be real. Don't be cheesy. Um, but it doesn't need to be this strung out long thing. I mean, there's a character count. They're only giving you so many characters anyway to use in your profile. So you really do have to get to the point, make it clean, not a ton of emojis. <laughs> and then also, I mean, take advantage of the fact that you get to use your photos. Mm -hmm. Like that is part of your profile. That speaks a lot of words too. Like I don't need to tell you how much or some dude doesn't need to tell me how much he loves fishing because I see two of the photos. He's on a boat holding the fish. Like you don't need to say, I love fishing. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, use your photos as part of it too. Like that describes a lot. What about status? We see a lot of it on Instagram and, and TikTok. We see a lot of this fake status of people posing in front of cars that aren't theirs or oh. all those different kinds of things and <laughs> holding up stacks of cash. If it If it's great and it's real, Good for you. But if it's fake, you're going to find that eventually, right? Yeah. I mean, for me personally, that's a red flag. Like, I don't need oh. someone flashy. And I think that when some when a male is too flashy and in your face about stuff, mm. a nice car, like you said, cash or this or that, it's like, um, that's cool. Good for you. Awesome. Not connecting with you. Like, I want someone that's humble. I'm looking for someone humble. I mean, I'm hopefully I'm speaking for more than just myself, but, um, someone that's humble, sweet, likes to smile and have fun. Isn't some douchey guy that all of his photos are with 20 of his friends on the lake mm -hmm. every fucking Sunday, you know? And it's like every one of his pictures is that it's like, no, like I want to know you. I don't give a shit about your group of friends. I want to know you as a person, but some people are so insecure they don't have the confidence to just take themselves out of this big group and sell themselves, put their profile out there, make it sound good, look good. Um, but you can always tell who is taking it serious and who's not. You can tell who's just wanting a fuck buddy or one night stand or someone that's like really legit looking for their partner. Agreed. So this week, I am bringing a lady to the guru section. I want to see what you have to say about this guru's advice. And here we go. Ladies, here are three things that you always need to pay attention to whenever you first start talking to a guy. Here we go. Number one, sexually charged conversation. Oh, Lord. You ever been talking to a guy and it's like in the beginning, so it's like way too soon for this, but he starts making like sexual remarks that just make you kind of like, Ugh. When a man truly respects you, and if you're giving off the impression that you are not a woman to be played with, he is not even going to take the chance of saying something that could come off as disrespectful. If he's doing that in the very beginning stages before he even knows hardly anything about you, please understand that that's a man who just off the gate doesn't really think that you're a woman that he has to respect. So that's a huge red flag for me on the opposite end when I used to be dating online. What do you think? Yeah, that's a red flag. Um... So for me, I would know before I even went on a first date with this guy if he was going to be that type of personality. Mm -hmm. 
you can tell when you're chatting with someone in the little chat room of the dating app or mm -hmm. texting or even a phone call. You know before you get on that first date if he's going to be talking to you about sexual things. You know. You can tell. And if he is on that phone call or during those chats, chances are we're not going on a first date. I think it's different when you've already kind of created a relationship with someone, usually in person, not on a dating app. Maybe a coworker, maybe someone that works behind the coffee counter at your favorite place. Yeah. Where you've already had this established flirting and then you finally exchange numbers and then it's kind of like it just organically grows into sexual or flirting conversation because it's things that you feel like you couldn't do in public or at work, but you've already kind of built a layer of trust. I think that's like the caveat to that where you maybe can, but only if you already established that level of flirtation in person for a while. Yeah, I, I can agree with that, you know, and it depends on how into the guy you are. If you're like That's super true. into him and if he's into you, then it doesn't come off as weird. But if you're on a date with some guy that you're just like meeting for the first time and maybe you've had one little tiny conversation with him and you see him and you're not physically attracted to him at all. Mm -hmm. The moment he starts bringing sexual anything to the table, into the conversation, you're going to be grossed out and offended naturally. I mean, there might be people who, who, who are into that, but sure. <laughs> good for you if that's the case. I consider it a red flag for me for sure. Yeah, me too. All right, let's see what else she's got for us. Number two, minimal effort. And I cannot stress this one enough. When a man really wants you and he really, really sees something serious, he is going to apply pressure. It's really that simple. If he wants you, you are going to know. So if you're noticing a pattern that every time he hits you up, it's always to just come over to his house and chill or to come to your place and chill, or he's already out and already made plans and then he hits you up on the back end, please understand that's a man who thinks that you're not worth additional effort. Also understand that every time you answer one of those requests, you're just teaching him that what he feels about you is true. Now, it's usually at this point when men will start to say, well, I don't necessarily have to spend money on you to show you that I care about you or that I see something in you. No, he does not have to break the bank, but do not let these men gaslight you into thinking that asking them to put forth effort and not be lazy and courting you is you asking for too much. It is not. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know your worth. And if it's a guy that's into you, then you're going to be top priority. It's not just going to be like she's saying, like on the back burner after his bro date or hangout or something. Hey, you want to come over? It's like, I'm already downtown. Yeah. I'm already in your area. Do you care if I stop by? I mean, that's stuff you do when you're in the relationship with the person for quite a while. And it's like, yeah, honey, stop by. I'd love to see you. You know, it's not like in the Any beginning. opportunity to see you. Absolutely. Yeah. But the, in the beginning, um, yeah, that's a huge red flag. And like she said about like spending and spoiling and things like that, you don't need to break the bank to show your girl they're important. I mean, it's, it's a simple, Hey, I made dinner reservations for us. Mm -hmm. uh, when can you be in my house or when can I pick you up? What's easier about this? We're going to dinner on this day. You know, that's that's kind of what she's getting at. Like, you'll know when your top priority. Well, I think creativity has a lot to do with it as well. There seems to be like, I guess it all depends on your definition of minimal effort is to some a guy making the same reservation at the same restaurant every week. Well, he loves that restaurant and I love that restaurant. And he calls every week. That's 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 a great job he's doing. Yeah. Or is it minimal effort because he was doing it anyway, regardless of you being in the relationship or not? Right. Like I feel there is a time, and and I've had it happen to me with women too, where they already have a pattern, right? They already have a routine, but because you're new to the relationship, 
It seems new to you, so it feels like you are being catered to, when really you're just being inserted into a routine that already exists. Right. That would be looked at as minimal effort. As minimal effort. For sure. Number three, last but not least, is consistency. The one that I cannot talk about enough because the reality is a man who sees potential there is going to be consistent. It doesn't matter how crazy your vibe is. It doesn't matter how crazy the chemistry is between you guys. If after all that chemistry and vibe, he can go three, four days without even talking to you or checking in on you, please understand that the chemistry is not as great as you think that it is. Now, this is the kicker. A lot of times a man comes into our lives that we really like and we just get stuck on stupid. Don't make excuses for him. Don't over-exaggerate your position in his life. Take the situation for what it is. Remember that you have the power to teach people how to treat you. But a man that's really for you is never going to put you in a position to compromise your standards in the first place. Absolutely. 100% correct. I agree absolutely with what she said right there. I mean, you know your worth. Don't bring it down a level because he's not giving you. It's it's hard because women are interesting creatures, right? Like the guy won't show up. And so the woman will do extra and show mm-hmm. up extra for him, which is him coming down and you going up. You're, like you need to stay at the same level. Like if he's not putting in the effort and if it's inconsistent, then you get to take a step back and check yourself and be like, oh, shoot. Like, I really thought there was something there, but there's not. Right. Instead of adjusting your crush on this person or adjusting your your actions and like, I mean, some girls would text this person after not hearing from them for two to three days. I know women that would do this. They would text them and be like, hey, like I made reservations for dinner on Friday. Are you free or let's go? And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. That's too much. It's just too much. Like, let it go. Well, and I also kind of played this game, too, because, you know, ghosting is a thing. Mm -hmm. You feel like you have a great vibe and then all of a sudden you never hear from them again. So if I didn't hear from someone for a day, I just wouldn't respond. That's a great way to gauge how much interest that person had in you in the first place. And like I've said before, always limit your expectations. Don't think that every person you meet, every you know, flutter of butterflies in your stomach is going to be the one in, like she said, getting stuck on stupid. I think of it as a bad gambler. A good gambler can win a few rounds and know when to walk away, where a bad gambler is going to win one, win two, and that pattern worked the first two times, so they're going to keep using that same pattern time after time after time, regardless of how many times they lose because it worked twice. Right. I see that a lot. Right. Well, this is, and it's an interesting thing that we're talking about this. Um, I had this exact situation happen to me a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. I met someone on a dating app and we clicked. I really liked this guy. He, he said he liked me. He acted like he liked me. I mean, everything was right there. Um, we went out a few times and everything was great, but the communication was less and less and less. Mm. Um, on his side and mine. I mean, I was, I've been building a business, you know, that's my full-time career. And so I've been busy, he's busy. Um, but on the flip side, I would check in even if it was in the evening and just say, Hey, I hope everything's good with you. Hope you had a great day. And I just leave it really vague and just kind of put a blanket over the top, like, Hey, thinking about you, hope you had a great day. And then his response back is everything, right? It's like, okay, how is he going to handle this? If he does and I don't give a shit. If you want to ghost me, that's totally fine. I don't ghost people personally. I think it's very childish and weird. 
However, he writes back and says, hey, sorry, it's been a crazy week. Uh, My daughter, my truck, my this, my that. And I write back and say, hey, like I told you I'm there. I'm here for you if you ever need anything. But those people aren't interested in being serious Mm -hmm. because if they want to be serious with you, they will let you into their world. So just that message of him telling me all the shit he had been through for the whole week, that was it. There was no response from me. You're the bottom rung of their day planner. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I am right here. Like, I like you. I will support you. I will be there for you. Want to come cry on my shoulder? I'm here. But um, if people don't want to let you into their world, you can't push it. And so I just, it fizzled out and that was it. before we close the show today, what is the MILF worthy of the week, Diana? Um, it is my favorite book. It's called You're a Badass. Um, and it's by Jen Sincero. Mm-hmm. And the front cover is awesome. It's bright yellow. It's bold. And it says how to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life. This book, just the first shoot, 14 pages, has me in tears because it just it nails it. Everything that she talks about is just right on. She just nails it. It's perfect. Love this book. Um, I've read it once and I'm reading it my second time now. Um, I'm just going to read a small part in it. Awesome. It says, this is about getting mighty clear about what makes you happy and what makes you feel the most alive and then creating it instead of pretending you can't have it or that you don't deserve it. This is just this little introduction is just what I wrote a little tiny paragraph and it sets you up for an amazing experience. She is so good and nails it. You are not the only woman in my life that has that book. My favorite people have that book and have read it and they've told me to read it and eventually I will. I end up usually reading things about old movies or serial killers, but yes, definitely. I think that's a great Milfworthy product of the week. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on the MILF and Me podcast. Don't forget to like, review, and subscribe to our show on your favorite listening platform. Do check out our website, themilfandmepod.com, and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Diana, it was a pleasure. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.